Leave the little guy alone. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, Gnome, by Fred Blunt, published by Anderson Press USA. Gnome is a tall tale about a grouchy gnome who just won't be left alone. He's continually pestered with questions throughout the read, and finally he encounters a witch who asks him to comply with her instructions. Will this gnome happily do what she says? Or will they have a huge fight that ends in someone losing their life over something trivial? Well, find a spot in your garden, grab your books if you got them, and let's get cooking. We begin with the narrator trying to introduce us to a little old gnome, but he immediately refuses the introductions. He seems a tad grumpy. But hey, everyone has off days. Maybe he slept wrong last night. Or his Grubhub order came two hours late and cold. Brutal. That wouldn't just ruin my day. That would ruin my whole week. As the gnome heads off, the narrator inquires about where he's heading. But he refuses to tell us. I can't blame him. Sometimes, that can be a personal question. Like, if he's heading to the doctor about a curious rash in an odd spot. Or, if he's just fixing to blow up the bathroom. It's no one's business but his. And it's clear he wants to be left alone while making this little trip. Because the narrator asks if we can join. And he nixes it faster than a guy with a boat being asked by a bunch of dudes if they can come aboard. Sorry, brachachos. This boat is for wannabe Instagram models. But you gotta feel bad for this poor guy. Just like yesterday's read, our protagonist just can't be left alone for a little me time. This narrator just can't get the hint, and is dragging us along with, like a buddy who claims to know someone who can get you in backstage, but he really knows a guy who knows a guy that said he might be able to get just him in. And you're left standing there awkwardly, like, what the fuck? Hey, my man. Uh, who are you? I know Zach. Cool. And Zach told you you could come back here with a bunch of dudes? Yeah. Well, not really. We usually don't let in five dudes. Let me check. Cool, thanks. Don't worry, it's gonna work. Sorry, the band doesn't want visitors right now. Okay, girls, you can go by. On the next page... We learn that Gnome just wanted some fresh air and relaxation, fishing alone by himself. And it definitely looks like he needed to get away for a little while. He's got that crazy look in his eye, like if he shows up to one more day of work, he's gonna have a run-in with HR. And it's not gonna be pretty. Finally, he reaches his breaking point, And he's irate, trying to shoo us off. This guy can't buy a moment of peace and quiet. So Gnome tries to continue on with his little fishing trip, but as he's got his first line in the water, a distressed hedgehog waddles up to him with an apple stuck on its back, asking for help. Quote, You can have the juicy red apple if you like. I prefer worms. Isn't Mr. Hedgehog polite? No! End quote. Let's break this run-in down, shall we? First of all, that apple is as big as Mr. Gnome. I don't know how much help Mr. Gnome would be in the first place, 
but maybe he's saying no because he's got a bad back. He does look old. Secondly, even though I've never really heard of it, maybe he doesn't want the apple because he's allergic. Or maybe his fridge is full and he would have no place to put it. That's the worst. I can't take that out. Or that. Can it go in the freezer? Nope. Shit. Well, that's a waste. But lastly in that interaction, as he's screaming no at the hedgehog, we see Mr. Gnome had a big fish on the line. Throw out all those other arguments, if you like. The guy can't just put his rod down and allow a fish to get away with all of his gear. This hedgehog isn't polite at all. Couldn't he see this gnome is struggling in more ways than one? And on top of that, giving someone something you don't like doesn't make you a good person. Now the hedgehog said, It's my favorite, but I'll give it to you and show you a great apple recipe. Now that would have been polite. That hedgehog walked up to Gnome with that apple on its back. It's not in that dire of a situation. He can keep walking. You would think after the hedgehog saunters off, the Gnome would be left alone. And it would be story over, right? Wrong. The narrator continues to pester him about the interaction that just happened, and the gnome lets it slip that he likes apples. So there goes that part of the theory. But then he explodes from all the questioning. I saw that one coming. It was only a matter of time. Oh no. Who comes up to interact with him next? No, it's not the cops asking to see his fishing license. It's a witch. Who just helped the hedgehog. See... I knew someone bigger would come along and help him. Quote, Excuse me, Gnome. Could you stop fishing in my pond? It scares my toads. No! End quote. Now those are fighting words. I get it. He's been pestered all day. But you never let that cloud your judgment enough to pick a fight with someone bigger than you. It never ends well. Hey, buddy, could you move out of the way? We can't see over your massive billboard-sized head. I'm sorry, sir. I paid for these seats like everyone else. Listen, Dumbledore, I don't think you get it. I'm going to count to three, and if you haven't left, I'm going to make you. One, two... Hi! So the witch asks nicely one last time, and again the gnome refuses. So she lights him up with the old... Alakazam! And turns him into a stone. A death sentence for fishing illegally? I think that's a little harsh. Couldn't she have just given him a kick in the ass? Well, as it turns out, this witch has done that to every gnome that has trespassed on her land. Those poor gnomes. And we figure out why he was so upset all day. It's because he lost his entire family to this witch. What a sad story. And when asked if the witch could change them back, she exclaims, quote, Now! End quote. What an evil lady. And we can see her on the last page, painting all the gnomes and putting them out for sale. And the narrator tells us, that's how garden gnomes are made. If that's the case, I won't be involved in the gnome trade. I'm not going to aid in the destruction of an entire species. No, 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 I won't. What's the moral behind this story? It's that you don't know how someone's day is going. If they're short with you, 
It's not right to judge them and keep pestering them, looking for a rise out of them. Give them the benefit of the doubt that they could be going through some tough times and move on. Case in point, this gnome lost his entire family and was made to look like the bad guy. What do I think of Fred Blunt's work? Well, I would say he must have smoked a few of his last names before writing this one. I understand he was trying to be funny, and parts legitimately were, but the moral about manners when the main character was being hassled and guilt-tripped the whole story wasn't the best way to go about it. And then finishing up saying, the single source of garden gnomes is a tyrannical witch out-profiting off the gnome population by selling them off as lawn ornaments was disturbing. Not to mention, highly unlikely. As for his illustrations, they were the best part. They were hand-drawn with plenty of color, and his depiction of the emotions this gnome was feeling was the bright spot in this book. If you're curious about where lawn gnomes come from, read this. It'll be rather enlightening. On a scale from 1 to 5, I'm giving this book a 2.9. I'll have a taste, push it around to make it look like I ate it, and go back for a few more bites, but when I learn the sad truth about where it came from, I'm stopping. This goose is cooked. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.